Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. All right. Avinu, our Father, um, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and uh, for your presence this morning. We pray that your word would go forth um, to encourage those who hear it, that you would build and edify um, your community, O oh God. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Just watch my servant blossom exalted, tall, head and shoulders above the crowd. But he didn't begin that way. At first, everyone was appalled. He didn't even look human. A ruined face, disfigured past recognition. Nations all over the world will be in awe, taken aback, Kings shocked into silence when they see him. For what was unheard of, they'll see with their own eyes. What was unthinkable, they'll have right before them. There's a book in front of us this morning. It's a book with pictures, images that tell a story. We see two pictures on this page, of the servant of God. We have the final picture in honor where the nations of the world are blown away by the restoration of the servant. And the other picture shows the servant in humiliation. His face was marred. He was bruised into oblivion. But then... He was raised up high into the light, radiant with splendor. So how did this happen? We turn the page to see his origin story. The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him, and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. It's a picture of someone on the margins, someone not of influence, someone who knows hard times. He is abandoned. He is forgotten. People are passing him by on the street. He's not much to look at right now. Do we see the image on the page? These poetic images 
begin this week's Haftarah portion. Well, actually, that's, that's not quite right. Uh, last, last week's Parsha was Isaiah 52, and this week's is Isaiah 54. I, I read it earlier uh, during the um, music worship time, um, and that was all about restoration. But the images we're looking at now, they're in chapter 53, which are skipped in the traditional rabbinic reading cycle. But I felt we should include them because they give us a remarkable set of images which are transformational. We are in the Haftarah portions of comfort. These are the readings from the uh, the second half of the book of Isaiah. And they originally were written to provide hope to the children of Jacob who were exiled. They were banished from the land. And we are now in a time of preparation, reflection. We're in the month of Elul. We are thinking about those whom we need to go to and make things right. Maybe we need to apologize or make amends or ask for forgiveness. We're reflecting on our relationship with God and with others. And with this in mind, we turn the page. We keep reading about the servant, keep looking at these images. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who have wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on Him, on Him. The servant comes into focus now, and next to him on the page is a mirror. We're now in the story. We can see our own faces, our own hearts lie exposed before the servant. We have mistreated our fellow human made in the image of God. We have worshipped ourselves, worshipped our status. We have been proud, lustful, greedy, and vengeful. We have withheld forgiveness when we have been forgiven so much. We have paid more attention to our phones than to the Lord and to the loved ones around us. We have turned a blind eye to those that are like the servant, who are disfigured, who have suffered, those who are broken. And yet somehow, the suffering of the servant makes us healed. His brokenness makes us 
whole. Is this possible? Is this a new idea from the book? And then we remember, no, this is not a new idea. It's on other pages of the story. We turn back and we see the image of the ram in the thicket taking the place of Isaac so that Abraham does not sacrifice his son. We see the image of the priest laying his hand on the goat, naming all the sins of Israel on it during Yom Kippur. We turn the pages back and we see Joseph. He's at the bottom of a well and his hands are on the cold stones and he's hurting. He's hurting now, but he's going to be raised up and he's going to save his brothers who threw him down that well. Maybe he's suffering for them or in their place. So we go back to the servant. He was beaten. He was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried, and he was led off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man. Even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. So where was justice? Justice was was nowhere to be found. We see the servant. He's receiving punishment. He's even, even death. We see him accepting this unfairness, this lack of justice without protest. He's resigned himself to this fate. How can he go through with this this strange plan. Maybe he knows. Maybe he knows that he's carrying our mistakes, and that's why he's doing it. We turn the page to see the end of the story, but we already know it. Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin, so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that terrible travail of soul, he'll see that it's worth it and be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous ones. As he himself carries the burden of their sins. Therefore, I'll reward him extravagantly, the best of everything, the highest honors, because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch, because he embraced the company of the lowest. He took on his own shoulders the sin of many. He took up the cause of all the black sheep. The servant goes through death and yet is rewarded. He is lifted up and exalted and radiant at the end. We knew the end of this story from the first picture. How can the servant die and then bring life and give gifts? 
afterward. These are the images that a young man saw, a young Jewish man. He was strung out on drugs and making his living by selling them. He was dragged into a Bible study, and these images were thrust before him. And uh, these people, they were taking these words so seriously. What's going on here? And he, he read through Isaiah 53, and they asked him, who do you think this is about? Whose image is this on the page? And he thought, well, it had to be, but it couldn't be. It couldn't be that guy. How did these sneaky people, he wondered, get this part of their Bible into his Bible, the Hebrew Scriptures? And then there was a sense the young man had that he, he read that the servant had died, but then was rewarding his people, and the young man had a fleeting thought. Maybe the servant came back to life, but he, he pushed it. He pushed it away. These Bible study folks were crazy. He responded to their question, who is this about? He said, you know, the Bible is such a mystery. I, I don't know. How can we know who this text is about? Disappointed, they said they would pray for the young man. And the young man struck back, fat chance. Why would God answer prayers for someone like me? And further, where was this God during the Holocaust? And the young man left. After another year of being strung out on drugs, the young man had a sense that these substances were opening him up to something bad, and he needed saving. So he called out one night alone in his room. He called out to who he thought the servant was, and he woke up the next morning, and he was changed. And, and, and in his mind, he knew that the servant was the promised one, that the servant was the Messiah, he knew that the servant had saved him. And then he, he eventually remembered he had gone to this, this Bible thing, right? And so maybe they know what to do. So he called them up, and he said, listen, I know you, you probably don't remember me, but my name is Sam Nadler, and I, I came to your Bible thing a long time ago, and the servant saved me, and I don't know what to do. What do I do now? And they were so happy. And, of course, they remembered him because they had been praying for him every single day. Today, the young man is he's not so much a young man anymore, but he understands that the suffering of our people, even extreme examples that he brought to them, like, like the Holocaust, he understands these, these things through the images in that text, which says that in all our afflictions, the servant is afflicted. 
In all our afflictions, the servant is afflicted. It's a little bit later in Isaiah 63. The servant understands our pain, all our affliction, because he experienced it himself. The young man is now Rabbi Sam Nadler, who leads Hope of Israel Congregation in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, a fuller version of this story, if you're interested, can be found at oneforisrael.org. Rabbi Sam found the identity of the servant, and he, he linked into this incredible idea. The thing is, we all go through difficulty, and we all go through suffering and pain in this life. And the fact is, when we insert ourselves into this story, when we align ourselves with the servant in Isaiah, we have access to radical restoration and life. When we connect to the servant's story, God heals our deep wounds. When we connect to the servant's story, our story is just as remarkable. If we are wounded at first as he was, then we end up healed somehow and raised up as he was. This is a a good season in time to check on our allegiance to this story, to picture the servant in Isaiah, not just Isaiah 53, but 42 and 49. What does it say? He's bringing justice to all the nations. He's opening the eyes of the blind. God says, my servant sets the captives free. He proclaims salvation to the ends of the earth. He brings comfort and mercy to those who are hurting. If we have allegiance to this story, we should be doing the same thing. We should be little servants. The pages and the images in this story are an invitation to radical renewal and abundant life and moving from pain to healing. They are an invitation to hope. The humiliated one becomes the exalted one. The one banished to exile is restored. So are we drawing near to this story? Are we connected to the the wounded healer? Or are we disconnected? Are we allowing him to make us into tiny healers who ourselves, we have been healed? Are we trusting in the transfer of punishment or are we trying to punish ourselves? Are we connected to the ethic of the servant to bring justice and mercy? Are we pouring over these images which reveal our own hearts? The set time for Rosh Hashanah is upon us and the book is open. So let's enter this story. Let's enter the redemption story of the wounded healer, the exalted servant, the radical transformer of lives. Amen? All right. Well, let's pray. Abba, we just thank you for your faithfulness and your word. And uh, we pray that um, you would draw us closer to you during this season. 
and um, that we would um, really think about your servant in Isaiah 53 and uh, really process what that means and the direction that that gives us in our lives, that we would um, give our allegiance to this narrative, this narrative of restoration and hope and justice and love and forgiveness that you have written in your scriptures, that we would, we would be a people that would reflect this story in our own stories, um, and uh, that we might, if, if we suffer with the servant, we know that we will, we will be raised up like the servant was, and we will be healed, and we will find rest. And uh, we thank you for your goodness and for your redemption story that you're writing in all of our lives. And in the name of the servant, we pray. Amen.